guys. Welcome to the Emetophobia Podcast. Uh, I'm currently in a very creepy building doing my job. I clean commercial buildings at night. It's about one in the morning at the moment and uh, cleaning a big showroom and there's like these weird like knocking noises and just some creepy shit that goes on in this building every time I clean it. And I, for some reason, choose to procrastinate and sit in my car and watch TikTok videos for like an hour before I come in here. So then it's like extra late by the time I actually get into the building. And it just gets creepier and creepier. Anyway, um, I figured I'd make a podcast so that I could just talk to myself a little bit and um, be a little bit more comfortable with the situation. So basically, uh, I've been kind of neglecting the podcast lately. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. I've been really focusing on, well, I like to say I'm focusing on building my van that I bought. uh, Well, our van, my girlfriend and I are planning on living in a van soon. And uh, I've been really trying to get that built out and ready to go, but it's also the middle of winter here in Michigan, and it's cold as can be outside, and I have to literally lay in the ice and the snow to be able to fix it, because I don't have a garage to work on it in, and don't really have any friends. So um, I'm kind of just doing it all on my own at the moment, and it's been a process. But I think uh, sometimes in life I get a little... I have a really big problem with procrastination and it's something that I'm kind of working on, but I don't really know like what to do sometimes about it. I just kind of uh, like deal with it in a way. So um, that being said, I just want to kind of apologize for my absence as far as my podcast. I know I told you guys I was going to do this every single day and have a person on the podcast as a daily podcast. And then in my mind, I went down to, oh, well, actually, let's do it weekly now because, you know, daily is a little bit too much for me personally because, I mean, you got to remember I also have emetophobia and whether I'm, uh, like, you know, cured in quotations or not, um, I still have uh, problems with it myself sometimes. So I try to practice what I preach on the podcast and I really am doing really well as far as, like, my emetophobia goes. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, talking about it every single day kind of gets uh, a little overwhelming at times, and I just end up running away and being afraid and not uh, not putting forth the effort that I should in the moment. So um, anyway, all that being said, I am sorry for being so neglectful of the uh, whole podcast situation. Also, if you hear some noises, like I said, I'm at work, so you might hear some random noises, but... Uh, on this episode, I'm going to tell kind of a sketchy story about emetophobia that I went through. I've brought it up before. Um, it's one of the stories that I've, I've gone through that have been uh, one of the most traumatic in my brain. And it's something I can still picture extremely vividly even to this day. And this was probably like five years ago when this happened. Um, so I was in pretty, pretty heavily into my emetophobia, you know, life at that point. And having a lot of problems, um, even leaving my home most days. So, all right, let me just start from the top. So basically, I had a buddy of mine. His name was Jacob. Um, That's a pretty basic name, so I don't think I'm throwing anybody under the bus here for that. But uh, anyway, uh, good good buddy of mine. Um, We hung out a lot, and he wanted to go play some pool one night. So I was like, sure, let's do it, man. And... um, we kind of set up a night, and I was, you know, how, how it gets when you set up a date to go do something. And 
then you get really nervous and you get like the emetophobia kind of kicks in a little bit and you're like, holy shit, I'm actually got to go into public and do things. And uh, me going to a bar was already kind of out of character for myself because I don't really go to bars. <laughs> I'm not a big drinker. Um, side note, I have I had a couple beers the last few days. Um, I know I really preach the whole not drinking thing and not smoking. Haven't been smoking any weed, but um, just full disclosure, I have drank a few beers. Um, I've been listening to a guy named Wim Hof, who is kind of a guy that I kind of treat like my god at this very moment in life. Um, he's just really awesome dude. He's also the guy that uh, climbed Mount Everest in nothing but his shorts and teaches people how to be like basically superhumans. So he's just a really interesting dude. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason when I heard that he drinks beer every once in a while, I was like, you know what? I'm cool with it too then. Like, fuck it. And maybe that's not the right thing to do in the world, but... Uh, at this very moment in life, I just, I kind of have the fuckets, and um, sorry to go off on a side note, like tangent here, but basically what happens is I get very comfortable in life, and I think that when I get very comfortable, I almost self-sabotage myself, and I try to make things worse, because I like the climb. I've never really liked the destination. I've never been a destination kind of guy. Like, I like to climb the mountain. I don't really like to be at the top of it, so... Uh, I think that's what happened. I was getting really comfortable. I was eating right. I was drinking water all the time. I was eating like fruits and vegetables every day, drinking my smoothies, doing extremely well on my diet and on my lifestyle. Uh, but I think I got a little bit too comfortable. And with that, I uh, self-sabotaged myself. And so now I've drank a couple beers. Um, I've been eating chocolate again. Uh, I've been eating like, you know, lots of... Um, Lots of things that I usually wouldn't eat, and it's just kind of like I've completely grenaded the entire good situation that I was in, and I think it's because I enjoy the climb, like I said. So now I get to kind of build my life back up, if that makes sense, and go from being in a shitty situation to being in a good situation again, and I, I don't know why I do that to myself. It's kind of like when uh, some certain people get in relationships, they like to kind of self-sabotage the situation so that they can make up with their significant other and it gives them that like happiness that they've been looking for even though it's really toxic and negative um it's kind of what i've been doing so uh this is kind of one of those situations where do as i say not as i do uh, so yes you know keep on a good diet um don't drink don't smoke you know all those things are very they, they do pertain to a good healthy lifestyle and they will help you with your metaphobia um but you know sometimes I fail, and uh, it's just part of being open with people and telling you guys that, yes, I failed, and I didn't fail at life, but I failed at what I wanted, and that's okay, uh, because it's not the end of the world, and I'm going to try again, and I'm going to be able to do it regardless, so um, anyway, back to my story, sorry, there's kind of a heater going on in here, so it might be a little bit loud, but uh, so anyway, we wanted to go to the bar, we wanted to go have a good night. This is all part of my like emetophobia journey. I'm trying to be more, mind you, this was five years ago. So um, I was trying to be more like, you know, comfortable with situations and just say, fuck it. And like, I'm going to go to the bar regardless of what, um, like I think in my head, I don't really care what, like anything. I'm just like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to fucking do it. And it is what it is. And so um, I finally get up the courage. I'm like, all right, man, like, let's go. I don't think... I actually, I lived close enough to this bar to where I think I just rode my bike or I walked. Because, like, back then, um, I wouldn't have ridden with anybody. I'm just not that kind of person. 
I, ne I definitely did not like riding in vehicles, especially with uh, to places that I couldn't get out of. You know, like you always kind of think about the control of the situation, and if you're not going to be in control, uh, then it makes it a little bit more, you know, makes you more uneasy in the situation. So. I think what I wanted was to be able to leave whenever I wanted to. And if I would have rode with Jacob to the bar, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So um, luckily I made that choice because <laughs> some very negative things happened that night that made it so that I, I didn't end up leaving early, but man, did I want to. <laughs> it was tough not to just get up and go. Um, so basically we get to the bar, um, we sit down. Uh, at this point, I think... I wasn't really a big drinker, but I think I ordered just one beer because I just wanted to like fit in for the night, you know, and have a good night. And again, I was in like the fuck it attitude of just, well, I'm going to have a beer. I don't really care about my metaphobia. Um, it is what it is. So I had, I think I bought a Heineken, um, sat down, went over to the pool table. You know, you set four quarters on the pool table so you can get your next game. Basically, that's kind of how it works at these, some of these bars. So we did that. Um, we sat down and just kind of bullshitted for a little bit, had a little conversation it was okay. Um, at this point I was feeling kind of uneasy. I just like, wasn't feeling very good. Um, like, like we all do when we get in situations that are kind of stressful, we just instantly go to this, like, Oh shit, like I don't feel good. And then you gets worse and worse. And then you like double down on how bad you feel and then get more stressed out. And then it just kind of like never ending stress. And, uh, it's never really fun to go through that kind of stuff. But in this situation, um, at least I had my friends with me and I felt a little bit more comfortable. Um, so then uh, we start playing pool, and that's going pretty well. Everything's going good there. And then uh, I look over, and there's this, uh, this Mexican dude, and he's just kind of chilling. And just kind of, you know, uneasy feeling. Like, I, I didn't like the way he was looking. You know how kind of you, when you have a metaphobia, you kind of, uh, you're very... Uh, you, you look at everything around you like constantly, you know what I mean? And I was just paying a lot of attention to this guy because he just was not making me feel very comfortable. And so he's sitting on a bar stool up by the pool tables and him and his wife are like, not really arguing, but they weren't really, didn't seem like they were in a very good mood together. And they were kind of like, you know, exchanging words back and forth. So I'm watching this dude for a while. We're playing pool, having a good time, just kind of chatting, talking, doing our thing. Um, at this point, my buddy, I think he's like three or four beers deep, so he's, you know, getting a little bit talkative. And uh, I, we both, I think we, we were done playing pool at this point. We went to go sit down at the table and just have a chat. We think we were ordering some appetizers, or some food or something. And at this point, this is where kind of things get graphic. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, but basically, I look over, and mind you, this like let me set the scene. The dude's sitting in a, in a stool, and he's like kind of looking at the floor, looking real like sketchy, uh, as far as that kind of goes. And um, and then you guessed it, he just got sick all down the front of himself. Um, and mind you, he was wearing a white shirt and jean shorts, and so it was like brutal. You know what I mean? Like very brutal. And um, just. I wasn't ready. I was not ready at, at, like at, in the moment for something so significant like that. And, um, I didn't really know what to do. So, and I, I couldn't go outside because he went outside. So his, his girl kind of like swooped him up. Um, luckily he didn't get too much on the floor. Like there was a little bit on the floor and it was like a little bit, you know, sketchy. Uh, I didn't want to like see it. I didn't want to be over there. I didn't want to be around it. This is like middle of like really bad emetophobia part of my life where things were like very, very serious and I could, I just could not be around that type of shit. So, um, 
Uh, I ended up going out the front door, I think, at that point. Or no, actually, he went outside to, the, like, this back porch area. And then I, I remember, like, kind of, like, and mind you, like, I'm the only one that was freaking out about this. Everybody else was cool. Like, they forgot about it in, like, five seconds. But I'm over here, like, where'd that guy go? Is he outside? Is he around the corner? Like, I, I need to go. I want to go out there. I want to go outside because I don't want to be in here. Like, I'm nervous to be in here now. I don't want to be in here. Like, I'm scared. And, like, I just got into this fight or flight mode that I haven't experienced in a while. And so um, this guy's outside, and I ended up seeing him walking around the side of the building. I think he ended up going into a car. And uh, did you guys hear that fucking clicking noise? Shit scares the fuck out of me here. I swear there's, like, something in the ceiling or something. It's creepy. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I was like, I'm going to do this podcast, because then you guys can at least, uh, you know, in essence, be with me while I'm hanging out here. Uh so I end up going outside. He's not out there anymore. There's a bunch of people smoking cigarettes, all just having a good time. Um, at this point, I'm feeling extremely, extremely uneasy. Like, I just, I was having a really hard time being in the building. I didn't want to be around anybody. I just kind of wanted to leave. But I knew that if I left that, and that's what I always tell people, is that when, when you leave a situation, when you run away, the emetophobia wins. And um, in my opinion, that's the worst thing you could do because... Uh, once the emetophobia wins, uh, then your mindset goes to that every time, and it kind of gives you this idea of, oh, bad situation, I'm going to run away, going to run away, going to run away, going to run away, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And um, I just think that it's not necessarily the best thing to do in the world to run away from all your problems, because um, then the problems win, and uh, the demons get louder, and things get scarier, and you just can't handle anything anymore. So it's just my opinion. But, uh, so yeah, I went outside, hung out, a lot of guys out there smoking, drinking, everyone's pretty drunk at this point, kind of scary, like kind of sketchy situations. And so, um, I'm just not having a good time. And so at this point, uh, I'm, I'm literally, I'm having like a full blown panic attack. I'm freaking out. Um, I, and I had drank a beer and you know that when you see somebody else get sick, you're like, Oh, what if it was the beer? Like, I wonder if the beer's like outdated or something. Like, I'm, I'm just like going so irrational in my brain. Like, just irrational brain, 100%. And, um, how's my mouth bucket at? Uh, anyway, so I end up, uh, telling my buddy Jacob, I'm like, hey, man, you know, it's been a good night. I'm pretty over it. I'm going to head out. Um, I'll see you in the morning, whatever. I'll, I'll, we can hang out soon again. Thank you so much for the night. It's been great. Um, I hop on my bike, I ride away, um, I go home and have just the worst night of replaying that entire scenario in my head over and over and over and over again. Um, and it was terrible. Uh, but the end of this story is basically, um, I didn't run away. Um, I, I stayed, I spent the rest of the night with Jacob until I literally did want to leave. Like I was late. I wanted to go home. I was done with the night. Like we were done playing pool. Um, but I didn't run away right when that situation happened. I knew it was because he was drunk, not because he was sick. I knew I wasn't getting sick from this guy. Um, it was a little traumatic because I had to replay the whole scenario in my head over and over again. Um, but it, it, going back to the way I teach you guys how to deal with this kind of stuff, um, I think the biggest point is to really focus on um, uh, not running away from the situation. Facing your stuff head on, doing the things you're supposed to be doing. Um, and uh, just living in the moment, you know, because like, although it was really scary, really shitty, didn't want to be in that moment. I didn't want to deal with it. I had to deal with it because it was like I was in this situation. I wanted to hang out with my buddy. I wanted to have a good time. And I wasn't going to let the emetophobia take over my life in that situation and, and make me run away. So um, 
but yeah, and I think that the exposure therapy of all that was incredible, and um, although very scary, um, it definitely gave me a new insight on things to the way I think about it, and instead of freaking out and having like a breakdown and leaving and being like, all right, I'm never going to go to the bar again and never going to play pool again, um, I kind of changed that mindset and said, hey, it was that guy's fault, that guy's problem, not mine, I don't know that guy, I'm not with that guy, <laughs> like I don't got to go take care of that guy later, like his girlfriend's going to have a terrible night, but not me, so... I think it was just a mindset change and the way I was thinking about it because most of the time I would have thought about it way differently and said like you know every irrational fear possibly that I can think about would go through my brain and then uh, I would freak myself out so bad that I would end up having to leave and so um, I think that was like one of the first steps towards my you know cure or my uh, you know getting over my metaphobia so sorry guys um, had to switch jobs there so I Kind of had to cut that one a little bit short. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was tough. Um, I went through that whole situation, and it was really just not a fun time. Uh, and it was not something that I wanted to deal with at the moment. But I went through it, and I did it. And um, I think the mindset was huge. That was like a big part of all of it was how I thought about the situation. Because um, uh, I just – mindset is – so big in the metaphobia it's one of the biggest things that sets us back is the fact that we can't think a positive mindset um, we end up going to the whole what ifs like what if we go to this party and somebody gets sick or sorry you gonna hear some trash bags here and there um what if i go to my mom's house and there's somebody that's drunk there for a part like you have no idea what's going to happen in life and I learned a long time ago, like I think it was even from Gary Vee, he was explaining that we have to not expect what's going to happen, but just go into it and realize that you can't do anything about the situation, so why stress about it? You know what I mean? It's one of those like um, things where if you have no control over the situation, then there's no reason to stress because you're then going to set yourself up for failure when you go into any situation in life. I feel like I've said situation about a thousand times in this episode. Um, but anyway, that's pretty much it for the story. Before I go, though, I want to tell you guys, I did go to the doctors. I know I had brought that up before, and it was like I had to reschedule the whole doctor's appointment stuff for some reason because the lady wasn't going to be there or whatever. Um, I went in. I got an EKG. So not really sure what that stands for or what that exactly means, but they kind of put all these little suction cups all over me, and they checked my heart out. And they said that my heart is extremely strong and it's beating at a good rate and everything. And so that's cool. Um, they said that it's probably an acid reflux. And that was some good news because I thought, I mean, I'm literally like over here with my irrational mindset thinking like, well, just gonna, you know, wait to die. I'm going to have a heart attack soon and uh, not going to make it through. That's basically what I've been thinking for the last like year or so. And so to go into the doctor and have her kind of solidify the fact that I'm going to be okay really helped me out a lot. Um, I still have been having chest pains. I think it's honestly a pulled muscle from when I used to do spray foam um, because I was using the same arm every day. It was a very heavy gun that I was using to spray with. And um, I, it's just a weird pain that like doesn't really feel heart-related. It feels like a muscle-type thing. Cause it hurts a lot more when I use that arm a lot and when I'm really like overexerting my left side. Um, 
and that was like my I'm left side dominant, so I just think that it was something to do with my old job. But anyway, yeah, the doctor's appointment went really well, and um, so I, I'm on a uh, fiber supplement now, which has really, really helped me out a lot. Um, I, I have to say, if anybody's constipated, go get yourself some Fiber One single packs for your coffee or for your tea or for water or whatever you want to mix it with. I mix it in with my smoothies. Um, I mean, it, it made me go from not being able to go to the bathroom for days on end to now going like two or three times a day, and I have no more intestinal problems. My stomach doesn't hurt anymore from eating, so um, game changer, like big time game changer. So if you're having problems with intestinal things, uh, go try some fiber. Fiber supplements are the way to go. Um, it really helps a lot. Even if you are eating a healthy diet, I mean, I, I'm a like vegetarian, vegan um, I've been only eating fruits and vegetables. Like I said, I relapsed on some things. Don't get me wrong. But um, for the most part, I'm an extremely healthy person. And even I was being very constipated all the time. So um, the fiber is the only thing that's been helping. And I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Um, fiber One, if you want to sponsor the podcast, let me know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, go try that out. And uh, Sorry, I'm at work at the moment, so gonna make some noises here and there but regardless um let me know how everything works out for you guys i hope you guys enjoyed the story again sorry it's been kind of weird with the podcast i've been trying to get some episodes out but i just didn't just didn't do it like i i totally hold myself accountable and i didn't put my um, podcast first i kind of put my own personal life first and um spent a lot of time just doing nothing really, kind of running away from my problems and I got a little overwhelmed and then uh, I just kind of sat and played video games for a week straight and didn't really do anything. So I feel really shitty about it, but we all have those times, I guess, in life where we just kind of give up and um, I'm trying to get back on track again. And like I said, I self-sabotage myself, but I'm trying to get back on that, um, on that good side of things. So anyway, I'll quit ranting. You guys have a wonderful night. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. If you want to find me, you can find me over on The Emetophobia Podcast on Instagram, or you can email me at theemetophobiapodcast at gmail.com. I really enjoy seeing you guys email and and sending me all these messages and saying what's up and uh, asking questions and everything, so that's great. And um, if you want to go rate and review the podcast, that really does help me out a lot. Um, It takes a couple minutes out of your day, but it's huge, huge help for the podcast if you want more people to uh, be aware of emetophobia and how this could help them. So, yeah. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. Peace out. Let's not worry.